0: guys, welcome back to The Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi-Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is episode 73. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can do so by sending an email to usagipodcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments at bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit on the Ronin Rabbit Google Plus page. I also post the episodes on the Usagi-Ojimbo Facebook Page. Thank you, Steve. Teal Productions, you can tweet about the Ronin Rabbit, and I'll get it. Now, we interrupt our regularly scheduled coverage, which was going to be Volume 3, Issue 1, the Dark Horse Comics volume, for a special coverage of the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo 20th Anniversary Special came out uh, earlier this year. Now it is, um, I'm not sure what the size is called, I I think of this as more a a zine size, it's not a standard comic book size, it's five and a half by eight and a half. Uh, I believe it was a limited run, Um, I have indication of 150 produced in, in in my copy, and also I suspect that it was limited because... In order to acquire it, all I had to do was pay shipping. I didn't have to pay for the product itself. And this was via the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo um, web forum page. Not the Facebook page, but the web forum page, which is an awesome place for Usagi fans to hang out. Uh, Information, other information about uh, the... Shogunate period of Japan movies and other books and fiction and nonfiction and just awesome people to hang out with. Um, it's it's a really good place for Usagi fans to to congregate. So they put out word that in celebration of the 20th anniversary of the existence of the web page, the forum, that they were going to produce this special. Um, several things going on in the special. The I'll start in the front and go to the back. It seems the most logical way f- to go for me. Uh, the front page is a cover that originally appeared in a publication entitled Sci Fi Adventures, the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo Art Book, published by the Calgary Expo in May of 2010. Now, the front cover and the back cover I will post on the um, post for the episode on the website. That would be BigTimeNoise.com slash Rabbit. We have uh, writing also on the inside of the front cover and back cover, as well as 21 pages of content. So the entire thing has something on it of interest. Next up, we have a one-page, five-panel spread that was created by Stan Sakai specifically for this publication... Um, Stan has drawn himself talking to us, the audience, talking to the forum, um, congratulating them on 20 years. We have a little bit of humor here at the end of a very, very old Usagi with his uh, walker. My uh, my only complaint, really, about this whole page is that it would have been really cool on the bottom front feet of the walker to see tennis balls. You know how people will cut them out and stick them up. I've always wondered why they do that, but th- that's... And that's a joke. The art is Stan Sakai, and it's awesome. All right, the second feature is an eight-page story. Uh, the story is by Ken Mitroni and Marlene Becker, with art by Ken Mitroni and Stain Sakai, letters by Gary Fields. And it originally um, showed up in Usagi Ojimbo Volume 1, Issue 22, published by Fantagraphics in May of 1990. Now, it is a uh, space-ish, future-meets-Usagi-shogunate period kind of story. Uh, We open with the narrator telling us... uh, The title of the story is Usagi's Ark. Ark, A-R-K. The crew of the space ark... Had the unfortunate honor to be in charge of security for an exhibit of invaluable Japanese antiquities, which was on a grand tour of the galaxy. While chasing a button that had fallen off his uniform, Captain Stone managed to effectively destroy 75% of the exhibit, 50% of the gift shop, two chairs, and a hat rack. Their punishment... Go back in time and replace the destroyed antiquities. So that's what they're doing. They're searching for different antiquities. And as they locate uh, good examples, they are beaming them aboard the ship. Captain Stone is here um, bemoaning his plight. Finds a good example of a samurai sword. Beams it aboard ship. Now we cut to... Japan at the time that the ship is there. They have gone back in time. And we see Usagi about to confront some ninjas, uh, ninjas of the dark light, the narrator tells us. Four of them. And as he draws his sword and they rush him, everyone disappears in a poof to reappear on some sort of pad on the ship Uh, assuming that it's Captain Stone's ship, which we don't know right away. As soon as the teleportation finishes, the ninjas disappear, as ninjas are wont to do, of course. Usagi is standing there completely befuddled. Captain Stone rushes into the room, yelling, Hey, put down that birthday present, you oriental misfit. And Usagi immediately jumps on him, as Captain Stone is now the most prevalent enemy. Those that came aboard with Usagi have disappeared to wherever ninjas go on a spaceship in space. As they're struggling, other members of the crew of the space arc show up. We see, let me look here in the panel, we see Kitty, uh, we see Woot, who is a little uh, sentient bird creature, it looks like, kind of owl-like, with feathers on the top of his head that kind of look like they are representing ears, and he's wearing glasses in some of the panels. I don't know if it's in all of the panels, so he he strikes me as an owl. Kitty is a female crew member, um, appears to be feline. Captain Stone appears to be a fox. And then we have Bolt, who is just a large, tankish robot. And we have a little dude who looks to be maybe some sort of uh, bear cub or something like that. We never see his name, and I don't believe they ever speak his name. I, I looked through a couple times to see if I missed it, and I never did see it. So all five members of the Ark are in the room. Woot is trying to talk Usagi down. Nobody is understanding Usagi because he's speaking Japanese. They're speaking, I don't know, whatever they speak at this time, Interlac or whatever, that's a... DC joke, by the way. Um, what you know, whatever they're speaking, we can we can read it, we can understand it, but we haven't been able to understand Usagi. Woot recognizes it, um, uses some translator discs. That's what he said. We don't see him do anything really. Um, a couple panels later, we're able to understand Usagi as is the crew of the ship. So they talk back and forth, explaining. Each other's situation. Uh, there's some quips. Uh, Captain Stone here, silly rabbit tricks are for kids. Uh, Bahaha. Ha. Everybody's wondering where the ninjas went now. Uh, they get a report from Brooklyn, who is a crew member not seen with the rest. He must be working the engine room, I guess, like Scotty. And the ninjas are attacking him, trying to disrupt power in the ship meanwhile Usagi and Bolt and the uh, the young cub go and get some food they're attacked by ninjas while they're attempting to eat in the midst of that Kitty shows up Bolt and the little cubby dude disappear somehow they get away and leave Usagi and Kitty to fight the ninjas who have now all four of them congregated around Usagi They're battling. They draw the ninjas, Kitty and Usagi, back to the room that has the teleport pad because as they were fighting, Woot came over the speaker and advised them to do so. They had a plan in mind. He tells Usagi to get in the middle of the pad and pretend to meditate. Um, The ninjas, of course, will come and attack because he is their primary target. And when they do, we will transport them down. Woot tells Usagi, when all the ninjas are on the transporter with you, we will beam all of you back to Earth. Don't worry, your pad is set on a two-minute delay. You and the ninjas will not all materialize at the same time or in the same place. And then Woot says, on your suggestion, we can send them anywhere you wish. And we see a a rather evil-looking Usagi chuckling, (laughs) hee-hee-hee-hee-hee. So he disappears. Apparently the ship makes itself visible from the surface because we have a panel of Usagi waving to the ship as we can see the ship flying across the sky. Later on in Kitty's cabin, Kitty and the captain, Captain Stone, are talking. He fills her in on what he was actually trying to do. He was wanting to get the sword for her birthday because she collects swords. Uh, She tells him it was not necessary because she has a sword, and this is the same sword we saw her wielding earlier in the, in the story. I got it from a little street vendor in New Japan years ago. It was funny. The vendor insisted I take it. He said I would have a special use for it in the past. I pulled out the sword to examine it, but when I turned to pay him, he was gone. And actually, it turns out that the sword that she has is Usagi's actual sword only in the future. We find out that Usagi was laughing because he had Woot send the ninjas to a pig pen that he was aware of. And Captain Stone ends the story with the parting quip. Well, you know what they say, the pen is mightier than the sword, referring to the pig pen. And that's the end of that. The middle of the book, facing pages, are images of the emblem that Usagi wears, with the title Usagi Ojimbo Dojo 20th Anniversary Special. Then we get to our second story, and it was entitled Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow, and it was completely by Stan Sakai. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It was eight pages as well, and it originally appeared in Usagi Yojimbo Volume 1, Issue 47, published by Mirage in May, 1992. Now, my understanding was the Mirage issues were a second volume. Um, So that designation, Volume 1, Issue 47, kind of confuses me coming from Mirage. But that is the way it's listed in here. Uh, All of this book, by the way, was uh, edited by Steve Hubble. I know Steve as being the, the, or one of the administrators of the usagi Jimbo Dojo Facebook page. Alright, the second story also is an Usagi future space past feudal shogunate Japan Usagi story. So we start with Space Usagi, um... His name is Usagi also here in in the future. Speaking with Dr. Tekinoko about a time retrieval device. What the doctor has done is he's come up with a device that allows him to reach into the past, pluck out something to investigate, to learn about, to use, whatever, uh, for only an hour. Because an hour after its appearance, it will return to its... Original location in the time stream because if not, the pressures, the physical pressures of being out of time, will cause the item to disintegrate. Or uh, not disintegrate, explode, I think he said. Explode. So the first test is on Usagi's sword. So the doctor has Space Usagi put it in a scanner. He scans the sword, gives it back to Usagi. He doesn't use it for anything. Sets the coordinates, I assume, to find a like object, and activates the machine. Uh, At this moment, Usagi is fighting a group of, by his words, dirty, rotten, scummy ninja. Uh, Looks to be a group of uh, ten of them. And just as he's about to fight them, he disappears in a pop Reappears aboard the spaceship and immediately attacks because that's what he was preparing to do to the ninjas. So it's it's like his actions are continuing even though his physical location has changed. He attacks and ends up attacking Space Usagi who draws his sword to either defend himself and or the doctor because they're on one side, Usagi's on the other. Again, Usagi speaking Japanese, Uh, the space future Usagi and the Doctor are speaking something that we can understand, whether it be English or not. Um, There's some finagling done here, I don't know if space Usagi recognizes the language and starts speaking it, but he and Usagi start speaking a foreign language because their words are now bracketed, but we can understand them. In the midst of their conversation, the doctor indicates that a hindroid has gotten on ship. And the hindroid says, I have come for the one called Usagi. Two of you. And he fires a, a laser with the doctor yelling and screaming and diving out of the way. Uh, both Usagis being beset upon by this nindroid. I said hindroid. I'm sorry. It's nindroid. I guess it's like a ninja droid. Okay. Nindroid. Um. So the, the two Usagis fight back. Space with a disintegrator ray. Our Usagi with, of course, his sword. They both manage to strike the Nindroid at the same time, destroying it. Some more humor here. And then our Usagi immediately turns to the space of Usagi and says, Now what's going on here? Uh, everybody's calmed down and, and he's gathered. So over the next couple panels, they talk to each other back and forth. Uh, the doctor sends... Now we're Usagi back. And we have a, a panel here of them thinking, you know, and missing Usagi. And then the doctor says, after cleaning his glasses and thoughtfully putting them back on his brow, he says, do you think it was wise giving him that death ray? And Space Usagi is just kind of grinning. Uh, the next page is a thank you from Todd Shogun, who I believe... Um, no, I take that back. From Todd Shogun. Uh, It's a thank you. He may be the Todd Bustillo that originally set up the website. I'm not sure. I'm not that steeped in the lore of the website, unfortunately. Um, Nice big full-page thank you of of what has gone on. More thank yous, and then an Usagi Yojimbo Dojo timeline on the back cover. And on the, the very back, on the inside of the back cover, and then on the very back cover is an image that is taken from Usagi Ojumbo Senso Number 4, published by Dark Horse Comics in November of 2014. So as I said, I'll post images of the front and back cover, because they're both kind of cool, particularly the back cover, uh, when I post the episode. And there we go for our special uh, out-of-continuity. Usagi had a request to speak about the book, but it's also something that I wanted to do myself, so it wasn't difficult to convince me to do it. Next episode, though, Fall Goes Well, Usagi Yojimbo, Volume 3, Number 1, Dark Horse Comics, April 1996. The story is entitled Noodles, and it is the first part of that story. Hopefully from this point forward, guys, um, I will be releasing bi-weekly shows. I hope to keep to that schedule. Sorry the hiatus was longer than I intended it to be, but life is life, and you do what you do. Thank you for hanging out. Tell all your friends that are interested that uh, the Ronin Rabbit hopefully is back now and will be on a regular schedule. Talk to you guys next time out. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal Production, and as such is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution. Non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.